Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, this is Jeff Cohn with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. We have the pleasure today of interviewing Megan Ahern. She hails today from Omaha, Nebraska. I was lucky to meet her at the Omaha RIA meetup when my business partner, Clint Bartlett, was speaking a few weeks ago, and she's getting ready to leave to Maui. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Welcome to the show, Megan. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you being here. So as we talked offset a little bit about um, elite real estate systems and everything that we're offering in terms of the additional verticals outside of the traditional residential real estate team and broker, a lot of agents and teams and people across every industry want to invest in real estate. And they have a hard time coming up with capital. They have a hard time finding properties. They make every excuse in the book as to why not to do it. But you've had a lot of success in doing it over these past few years. I'd love for you to create context for the audience and share some of the projects that you guys have been working on. Yeah, sure. So we moved to Lincoln about five years ago, um, specifically for rental properties. So that's kind of where we started at. Started buying rentals um, and then started flipping from there. And then my husband got his real estate license and I started a staging company. Um, As far as investing goes, we've bought about 60 properties in the last five years. Um, Some of them are flips. Some of them are rentals. Some of them we wholesale. And what got you into this? You said you moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Great context for everybody nationally. And when you moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, where were you before that? Southern California. So I grew up there. My husband grew up in Alaska. He was in the military there and he was getting pushed out. Um, he had a back injury, parachute accident. And so he couldn't uh, he couldn't stand for more than 15 minutes at a time. Oh, wow. And so it was kind of like, a, what do you want to be when you grow up? And we just decided to go for broke on real estate. How did you decide real estate? Um, my grandparents uh, retired off of commercial real estate and it just, I wanted to get into it, but I couldn't make the California numbers work. The rent versus the buy price. Do you mind sharing with the audience where in California? I know I have a lot of listeners. Yeah, um, in Corona, California is where I grew up. We lived in Oceanside, California. Okay. So Southern California. Um, and yeah, we just couldn't make those numbers work. You know, it's so expensive. And so him getting out, we had a small VA disability, moved here in a travel trailer, parked it behind our flips for, for a year. We lived in that thing. That's um, awesome. What yeah. year was that? 2018. Okay. Yeah. Not very long ago. Not very long ago. Well, and do you guys have kids? We we do. Yeah, we have three now. A three, a four, and a six. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we had two of them here. Um, and yeah, just been growing our businesses, growing our family. Okay. So you want to get into real estate, you move, he's from Alaska, you're in Southern California. You guys choose Lincoln, Nebraska. How did you come up with that location? We had analyzed like 50 different markets, looked at the buy versus rent prices, but then also wanted to see like, would we actually want to live here? Would I feel safe in the like lower income areas? Um, if I'm working on a flip at night by myself, do am I going to feel like I'm going to get robbed? And and so Lincoln, <laughs> Nebraska has lower income is still pretty darn clean areas um, and safe, low crime. Um, and then it's a big enough city where we would have enough opportunity, but also like actually want to live there. Cool. Clint and I actually just bought an apartment complex there. 
Yeah. Did you know, do you know about that is project? It, is it a motel? Yes. Yeah. I, I offered on that too. What? Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, we won't talk online about what we paid yeah. for it, but we're converting it to a short-term rental. Cool. And moving it from 19 units to 12 units. Okay, yeah, that was so going to be kind of our a, plan too. Oh, really? Yeah. So we're really excited. This particular apartment complex, for so our listeners know, is within a half a mile, practically walk, walking distance to the Nebraska Cornhusker Stadium, mm-hmm. Memorial Stadium. And so we know a lot of out-of-towners will stay there, but it's not in a great area. So like, if you lived in Lincoln and drove past this place, like Megan said, it's a motel. Like This place was as motel, hotel as you can get. Yeah. Not good. It Trashy. Was, yeah, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. I won't use that word, but I won't disagree with you. So, uh, most of it was built like right after World War II, like 1945. So they brought it down to the studs and it was wild, like seeing the original plumbing, electrical, plaster walls, everything. Yeah. So let's get back to you. So you guys are in Lincoln. You've had a lot of success in Lincoln. You've been, um, you mentioned you've bought over 60 doors. You currently hold around what? Um, we have 12 okay. right now. Long-term rentals. Long-term rentals. We have another eight under contract. Um, and 2020 hit, we thought, okay, maybe this is going to be the peak. Obviously, we're incredibly wrong, but we sold off all of our trash rentals. Okay. I, I just, I didn't like certain properties. We had bought a lot of hundred-year-old houses, mm-hmm. a lot of student rentals. Like, man, if this is the top, I want to just get rid of yep. them now. And now we're buying a lot more like uh, just really amazing assets and keeping those. Something that you know is going to grow. And a lot of people ask me, how do you know? I always suggest look at what's happened over the last 15 years. So if you look, if you have an option of buying home number A or multifamily number A versus multifamily number B, you can make a decision as to what those are going to appreciate at. One very simple way is look at what each of those were worth 15 or 20 years ago on the county assessor site. And if one appreciated faster than the other, one could only guess that over the next 15 to 20 years, the one that appreciated faster over the last 15 to 20 is going to continue to appreciate faster. That's not always the case, depending on how a community grows, but I think 95% of the time it will be. So Clint and I are just like you. We got started, you know, uh, tried to be more intentional about buying in areas that we knew would appreciate faster for our long-term holds so that we could win a lot greater on appreciation. And a lot of people will talk about slumlords. Slumlords, I think, are people who buy in areas and their number one goal is to have cash flow and not to create equity in the mm-hmm. portfolio. And I think the whole point of investing in real estate is the opposite. I'd rather have low cash flow and have the equity continue to grow. Um, and Clinton, my portfolio, we're over almost to 200 doors valued at about $25 million. And year over year, over the last three years, our portfolio has increased by over a million dollars a year Wow! just by appreciation. So it's really fun. Yeah. And you know, when we came here, we had very little income. And so we wanted that big cash flow, right? Yep, exactly. But after a little while, we were like, okay, we want to work really hard for five years and then get out of here or have the opportunity to like travel full time or do whatever we want. And so we wanted like low BS kind of assets, right? And so we got rid of those ones that we're turning over every single year and wanted to get more of like family rentals. Maybe we're turning them over every four years or something. Are you managing them yourselves or do you have a... Yeah, Jeff is um, in charge of the management part of it, the realtor side of things. And then um, I do a lot of the construction management part and then uh, the staging. Okay. And you guys have full on staging now that you mentioned you offer in Omaha and in Lincoln. And it's Mm -hmm. something you are open to expanding nationally and starting maybe some type of a franchise network. So um, if people want to reach out to Megan and have questions about how the staging is going, it is a perfect parallel business to run along with a flipping company. Yeah. But you do offer that to, tr- to traditional real estate agents in the 
Omaha and Lincoln markets. Yeah, we do. Last year, we staged 80 houses. Um, I think we'll probably double that this year. Uh, it's really high margins for us, but it just goes so well with the flipping yep. uh, to be able to get the highest you know, profits for those flips. And then also the agent business to be able to say, hey, if you list with us, we'll stage it for free yep. um, and just kind of fold that into the commission uh, cost. Yep. But man, I get so many people that reach out to my staging company that want me to stage their house and I can just be like, oh, well, I'll just list it for you. Mm. And so we're just kind of always upselling them. That's awesome. And I like that kind of verticals like you do um, with, we we do a lot of off-market marketing, right? So we're marketing for uh, our flip properties or for rentals, but if we can't buy them for cheap, we'll just push them to kind of list it. Yep. And then if we can't do that, we're going to push them to stage it or whatever. So we can kind of make money any which way on our marketing. I love it. I always laugh because we do something very similar. And I think of like an eight, a 1980s movie where you're in downtown New York and someone comes up to sell you something and they open up their big black coat and they have like a hundred different products. Do you need sunglasses? Do you need cigars? Do you need a lighter? And so it's the same thing when our acquisition managers go on appointments. So like, do you need to list the house? Do you want to sell it for cash? Do you want us to stage it? Do you want us to paint the you know yeah. the walls? So that's awesome. Um, so you mentioned that you offloaded in 2020. Out of curiosity, did you guys 1031 exchange the revenue you generated off the offload? Or did you just use it for personal expenses and have to pay tax on all that income? Um, We don't pay taxes, really. Um, <laughs> are you American citizens? <laughs> yes, we are American citizens. <laughs> uh, no. uh, edit the last 10 seconds. I uh, don't want to get audited, but you know, we do a lot of kind of creative things. We cost segregate um, and do the bonus depreciation and whatnot. Yep. So um, we can kind of get flexible with our taxes and rarely pay taxes. After in the bank. Okay, cool. So we talked about the staging, which by the way, what's the name of that company? For anyone local that's listening and wants to take advantage of it, what website would they go to? Acorn Home Staging. Acorn Home Staging. Yep. And the Acorn is just A-C-O-R-N. Yep. H-O-M-E-S-T-A-G-I-N-G. Yep. Okay. Yep. Acorn Home Staging. Perfect. So outside of that, um, let's talk a little bit about the charitable uh, organization that you're a part of with the Alcohol Anonymous. Yeah. So we, it's not charitable. I mean, we make a profit off of it. Um, so it is uh, sober living houses. Um, my husband and I are both alcoholics um, and we got clean and sober uh, eight years ago. So that's something that's just like fills my bucket, right? Um, I think that's charity. It, it, even if you it, make a profit, make it can money still be charity. Our podcast is free, but we obviously have a lot of opportunities for people to come out to workshops or be involved in our group coaching platform. So talk a little bit more about it. I think it's an amazing program that you guys are involved in. And I had actually never heard of it before. Yeah. So um, we own the house, obviously, and then we rent to the program and the program fills the beds. So for us, it's very, very passive. I'm not uh, dealing with the minutiae of the day-to-day, oh, is this person relapsing, whatever. But it's a very successful program. So the it's almost like a pseudo-government. They get a grant from the government to start the program, and then the guys are the ones that are actually paying the rent. And it just turns into like a, a really cohesive community where they're kind of supporting each other's uh, recovery. Yeah, so I, yeah, I had never heard of this. So it's not like Section 8. No. I mean, this is a specific grant program. I'm sure it's all across the country. Yeah. So if someone in another state wanted to look into it, what's the specific grant called? Do you know? Um, what's the, the program, program is called? called Oxford House. Oxford House. Yep. Okay. So if someone wants to look into that, maybe reach out to Megan or go out and check out Oxford House, do a <laughs> Google search. Um, but what I thought was interesting, can we talk about the lease? Yeah. So the Oxford House organization does like a two or three year lease. Yes. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. It, it's lovely because, and also once that lease comes up, you're really just renegotiating the rent price. Um, 
once it's become an Oxford house, they would like to keep it an Oxford house as long as you're taking care of it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're just kind of bumping up those rents. Maybe taxes have gone up or whatever. We're bumping up those rents a little bit and then re-signing another three years with them. Okay, cool. That's really neat. And congratulations on eight years sober. Yeah, thanks. That's awesome. And thank you for being authentic and willing to talk about something like that. I think so often everyone always wants to flex on all of their greatest strengths when we all have so many great weaknesses that we can show people. So I appreciate you talking about that. So you have some exciting news. When this podcast drops, you're going to be living in Hawaii. Yes. So talk about that a little bit. I'm super jealous. Um, Yeah. So over the last few years, I've kind of started doing different masterminds like with Brandon Turner and all that. And I was at his house a couple weeks ago and he was like, you you and Jeff should move to Maui. And And this isn't Jeff Cohn. Jeff, my husband, Jeff. I wish uh, it was Jeff Cohn. Brandon, please invite me to move (laughs) to Maui. I'll buy a house on your street. Yeah. And so he was, I think, probably kind of joking and I took him way too seriously. And so, you know, we decided a a week ago and we're moving in two weeks. A week ago, (laughs) you have decided you're moving in two weeks. And when this drops, you'll be there. I'll be there. So talk about a life switch. Yeah. So you went from trailer. This has to be our headline. But literally, like living in a travel trailer, yeah, with kids, with kids. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, and at that point, I was doing the math. You were only two years sober, right? Two thousand eighteen ish. Yeah. So then you build up an investment portfolio in Lincoln, Nebraska, that you chose because you thought that looked like the best spot to flip houses and buy long term holds. You sold a bunch of stuff off. You now are doing staging in Oman, Lincoln. You found a real estate company where you can leave and they'll allow you to kind of work remote. And you've found people in Omaha and Lincoln to sell real estate. And you have people running your property management here. And now you're moving to Maui. So travel, travel trailer to Maui, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And Brandon Turner, just if anyone doesn't know, has the number one real estate podcast. I know that's hard for my ego to say it, but I'm going to say it, Brandon. Number one real estate podcast in the world. It might even be the number one podcast in the world. Bigger Pockets. So I know him, David Green, and a handful of individuals that are part of that organization. They do amazing work. And Brandon personally invited you, which here we go as a headline to how to be successful. When somebody like Brandon says, hey, you should blank, you should probably do it. So this is not a bad idea. Yeah. So you you have a house you're going to be renting. We're going to be renting. In Kie. Um, I think you mentioned, yep, yep. did I listen properly? Yep. K-I-H-E-I. It's yeah. okay. It's just North of Wailea. And I, I love like the Southwest area. I don't know if you call that Southwest, but I look at the map and in my mind, that's kind of like my favorite place in yeah. the world. Yeah. Truthfully. It's beautiful there. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So you're moving there in the end of May. And then why are you going there? What are you guys going to be doing in Maui? Um, we'll still be running our businesses here. Um, we'll mostly just be enjoying our life there. Uh, Jeff may or may not get his real estate license there. It it just seems like it might be kind of a natural thing, but... Have you looked at reciprocity law with Hawaii? <clears throat> no, like, I haven't. He might already be licensed there. Like, oh, it might cool. just be fill out a form. Because there's a lot of states that have reciprocity. Yeah. You don't have to retest or anything. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know, though. So yeah, we've that. been, like, madly selling everything we own and just trying to not lose our minds. Um, So we haven't looked into, like, those proactive <laughs> things yet. Right now, you're, like, on the defense, yeah. trying to get out of here. Okay, yeah. so... What are you, what's your active role going to be then? Are you going to, are you going to continue buying in Lincoln and continue selling traditional real estate and continue doing staging and just work remote? And then are you going to be investing in Maui? Is there going to be a real estate play in Maui? No, I really don't want to do real estate in Maui. It's incredibly not tenant friendly. Um, And then Hmm. it's. Tell me about it. I lived on Kauai. I never told you this for eight weeks, right when everything started closing in the mainland U.S., 
in Omaha, but specifically, this is back in like March of 2020. Mm-hmm. So I said, where's the best place in the world? And we said, let's stay in the States, but go to Maui. And then Maui was too expensive for long-term rentals. And so we went to Kauai. And within two weeks in Kauai, the government passed a law that if you owned short-term rentals, you could not rent them out during COVID. So people went months and months and months sitting on 10, 20, 30,000 a month rents that not, weren't getting paid and the government didn't reimburse them for that. That's crazy. Un, unreal. Like I couldn't believe yeah. that even happened and it yeah. probably will never happen again. And even to get like long-term tenant out, it's just so many loopholes and then uh, permits and everything. I have a, a friend that flips in Maui or in Hawaii in general, but he's like, permits are held up for a year, you know? I'm like, oh, it's not like that in Lincoln. You know, we just walk in, you pay Susie, she hands oh it to you gosh. right then. Yeah. If you need Susie! a, you know, Susie has the, has the permit office. Which is surprising because it's not, there's not a lot of people that live, I mean, it's a small. It is. It's, it's, uh, Maui is about the same size as Lincoln. Yep. Um, but there's just a lot of bureaucracy, I think. And yep. so I would just rather flip here. We have our crews here. I have my employees here. How old are you? Uh, you mind me asking? I don't typically ask that, but this is fascinating because Megan is living the dream that all of us are trying to aspire to. Um, as we listen to this, you've got people from every age range, every demographic, lots of people making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year that want to live in Maui, mm-hmm. right? Figuratively, mm-hmm. right? The Maui. And Megan has figured out a way to do that. And you have three kids. You mentioned they were what, six, four, two? Three. Well, you went the opposite direction and threw me off. Three, Uh-oh. four, six. Yeah. <laughs> Three, four, six. I noticed because mine are two years apart. They're uh-huh. now 17, 15, 13. Yeah. So yours are close to that um, in terms of the separation between mm-hmm. each child. And you are choosing to take your family. They're young. Move to Maui. Your numbers work because you're cash flowing. You've got a business here. You're going to want run it remotely. I think it would be fascinating to bring you back on in six months to a year on the podcast yeah. and talk about how it's going running a business remotely. Yeah. To know it's going to be challenging. You might think you have everything in place, but not to, to be able to not to be able to drive to a specific property and say, hey, what's the condition of this or what's going on? here and look somebody in the eyes. I know a lot of us have that limiting belief that you can't do it virtual because you're not able to do that. You'll have boots on the ground that can do it for you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And people can FaceTime, they can create recordings. Yeah. We live in a digital age. You don't need to physically be here. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of investing or even whatever we do is is if you know how to sell and you know how to manage people and you know how to get better every day, you can just be like wildly successful with whatever you do. Um, and so there will be problems that we'll have to solve for when we move out there that maybe aren't totally systematized or automatized. But, yep. you know, we'll, we'll just get better every day and we'll fix the problems and it'll be fine. I love the attitude. You know you're going to fail, but you're going to yeah. fail forward and you're going to learn. So we definitely will want to bring you back on for that. Um, as this launched, we just came off of our team building summit. It was our fifth annual team building summit. Super successful. Uh, we're really excited because we're also going to be hosting in the at the end of July a team building workshop. And, the, and we'll have an entire day dedicated to investing. Clint Bartlett and his entire investment team will be here in Omaha, Nebraska, speaking specifically to investing. And then we'll have another entire day 100% focused on team building and scaling your real estate business. Uh, these events are super economical. We make it fun. We have events every night outside of the content that we're sharing. And we usually get about 30 to 50 people in attendance. To find out information about <clears throat> our July upcoming team building workshop in Omaha, Nebraska, and to learn more about our team um, coaching product, as well as coaching that we're launching in July, specific to mortgage companies, title companies, insurance companies, property management companies, and investment companies, go out to grow with ers.com. Megan, what is the best way for somebody to get in touch with you? 
Uh, through my Instagram. So I'm the Taddy Investor on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way to reach me. Okay. Can you spell Taddy just in case? T-A-T-T-Y. Okay. And she says that because if you're not watching, she has beautiful tattoos on both arms. Do you call those sleeves? I don't know anything there about There will tattoos. be sleeves. It's a process. You're working on the yeah. sleeves. Okay. So that's awesome. Ta- I'm assuming the tattoo artists in Maui are incredible because it's part of Polynesian culture. No? Unless I want to get some tribals, you know, like uh, okay. the traditional way. I I would be willing to bet within 12 months, you will have some type of Hawaiian tribal tattoo on you. I don't know. Come I on. might get ran out of Maui. That's what I would locals. want. That, those are awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, this has been really good. Um, very motivational. And I know for me, I, I actually do desire to have a place in Maui. I don't know if I told you that yet, but that is my spot. Um, where you are, like within 20 minutes of there, that is where I want to be. So you already have your first client. All right. I would like to buy a place, cool. <laughs> probably a million to two million. I don't know what that gets me, a one-bedroom studio, shack, probably. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's okay. It's got to start somewhere. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Um, but I think this was awesome. This was a great episode, very motivating for people that are at their beginnings. You came from really nothing. I mean, you guys were in. That's so. That's such a great story. Have you written a book yet? Not yet, but okay. I'm going to. Your I'm story make is and book worthy. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Co-author with Brandon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely book worthy. I think this has been an awesome episode. Very motivating. You guys are doing amazing things. And you've mentioned you've been on a lot of podcasts. I would 100% recommend that you launch your own. And I would love to be one of your first guests. Okay, that'd be awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you.